Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Grace Ohm. Grace is a personal and intuitive coach. We have a really great conversation. I hope you enjoy. Please check me out on Instagram at Noor Kidwai. We're also part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so check them out too. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. That really helps. Guys, let's get into this week's episode. My guest this week, Grace Ohm. All right, welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. I'm here with Grace Ohm. Grace, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. So uh, you see yourself as like a personal coach or intuitive coach. Um, I I really love that. Uh, Can you maybe describe to my audience a little bit like what you mean by that? Right. So um, I could give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, I was a hairstylist for 15 years um, and I started calling myself cut and counsel um, because it was more about like the work with the people than it was really about their hair. And so I decided to leave hairstyling and take what I had learned with working with women um, and creating a container for them to continue to share. Um, and then I would sort of uh, open myself up to, um, uh, well, I'd become a conduit of love for them and help them see the mirror of their divinity. Oh, that's uh, that's a really nice thing. All right. So um, I guess like well, one thing you're trying to, because I, I see a lot on your Instagram and your Instagram's uh, Conscious Queendom. I hope people check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I, I see a lot of uh, what you're trying to do with people is like kind of get them like a lot to their more like true self or authentic self. Um, right. Like a lot of inner work is like what you kind of focus on, right? Right. Yes. For inner work so that we can Um, dig up what might be hindering us from living in our full expression Mm -hmm. so as we go deeper and shed light on our darkness we realize that you know we were always loved we just had to love ourselves so um, the focus is to love yourself to go deep with love Um, yeah to unearth what might be uh, holding you back from pursuing your dreams or um, you know, even pursuing a great relationship or, you know, mainly to have a great relationship with yourself mm-hmm. um, to attract what you want. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, no, it is true. Like you have to have a better relationship with yourself before like all those other things can really happen in a healthy way. Um, can you maybe like uh, shed some light on maybe like your past and stuff? Like, did you, were you always into this kind of stuff or when did this like kind of come into you and you realize you need to make this kind of transformation and do this kind of work? Um, I would say I'd like to refer to it as coming back online um, about seven years ago. It, it grew into um uh, therapy I was developing or am developing called polyrhythmic craniotherapy. So I work with the crown chakra uh, because as a hairstylist, you're working with the head. So I could uh, go in and, and, and sort of with intention with the massage, move in a polyrhythm um, and sort of 
help people release or um, unearth old memories or they felt like they were flying um, or they just felt totally relaxed and renewed. So it kind of turned into like, okay, I think there's more than just the aesthetics and working in the aesthetics. Um, and then uh, recently, um, about five months ago, I retired. Um, I was quite successful. Um, I felt successful in my work as a hairstylist, but something was pulling my spirit to uh, leave Canada and uh, pursue conscious cleandom. Um, and so I'm just honestly following the good omens, um, you know, and listening, listening and, and observing the world around me and where it's guiding me. And so far it's been to travel and uh, meet people and um, yes, pursue this, this line of work of helping um, in any way that I can. And then it's interesting how you said, like, uh, now you're kind of on that in intuitive path where at that point it's like your plans kind of go out the window and you're just listening right and like it, it becomes that just uh just listening to where you're meant to go and like just following those um signs that's like yeah it's uh it's an interesting like you really have to get rid of that ego to be able to like settle in that place right right to hear the voice mm -hmm. the voice that's always in correspondence with you it's a matter of if you are you know, living your life of logic, which for me, I feel that it's uh, logic is sort of the um, mm, the eraser of any creativity <laughs> or flow. Mm. So I try not to put myself in in the place of needing to know and what's going to happen and da, da 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 da. It's just letting it flow from me and asking the question, always having the question in the forefront of my mind of what is the next step, you know. Um, and being guided and paying attention to what it is I'm asking them, them, our guides, the universe to use as a language um, to help guide me. So for me, a number is 777. So I'll ask a question, say, you know, if I'm meant to go to Los Angeles, please send me 777. And so I will have a synchronistic conversation. And right when I have this sort of intuitive feeling about my next move, all of a sudden a car will drive past me and it'll be 777. And I'm like, right, that's the path. That's where I'm meant to go. Okay. So just following numbers, following animals and um, the good omens that are around us, you know, as you're walking past someone talking, what are the words that you're hearing? Right. So if I'm walking past, like the other day I was walking past people talking and all I heard was there's always room for forgiveness. And that was, those are the only words I heard. And I'm like, right forgiveness that's what I need to put my my energetic body into is forgiveness for all things and so then I'm led again and it's yeah, yeah. always leading you yeah to the next uh, I love that and uh yeah so like uh, now that like you have these kind of like messages and stuff that you kind of like feel like you're getting from like I don't know if you would say like the universe or whatever you want to kind of say but uh you have this kind of community open communication with it which I, I I really do love that like is that something you build on is that something you practice like how does how does that communication happen well I would say it starts with a question you know your answers will be um, your questions will be answered all around you if you're open to it. So if I put my faith in the belief of, of you know, my, um, the divine source or God or my guides um, always wanting to help me, 
I know that all I have to do is grant them access. So I have to grant the universe access to work with me. Mm. If I'm if I think I know everything, well, then I've cut it off. If I am open and I am a child of it, I'm a student of it. It will teach me. So I think remaining a student and always having a question will guide you. If you have a question, you'll find the answer. The, the answer will, will find you. So yeah. trusting in that. Yeah, I, I love that. that. And uh, yeah, and one thing I've noticed about like kind of my own path and just growing as a person is like the older I get or the more farther down the path I get, the like the better and deeper questions I have to ask. And you're right, like when you ask better questions and you really open yourself up to it, and it comes back to that logical mind. If you're stuck in that logical mind and just saying like, oh, I know this answer or, oh, it's probably this. That's kind of like a logical mind will do that a lot. Like it just freezes you and it doesn't really, like you said, it doesn't let shit flow and you want to let your energy flow, let it like, you know, and that's where you're kind of more in that intuitive, like you're able to receive, I guess that's the better right. way to say it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and that's tapping into our divine feminine nature right? Which resides in all beings. We are all equally masculine and feminine. And the feminine is our intuition, is our receiving. And so if we block our receiving, um, you know, then we're stuck. And then we're, we're stuck in this pattern of order. And, you know, and it's, it becomes boring, you no longer feel like you're playing with anything. So we open up ourselves to receiving. And, and, you know, if you're having troubles receiving you, you can identify where in your life, you said to yourself, receiving was bad. So and you could also identify in your life when you were receiving a lot and, and remember that energy that you were carrying. And then all of a sudden, it, starts to flow and you're receiving things left, right, and center, and everything is synchronistic and everything is connected and all conversations are connected and your thoughts are in unison with the divine question and what's circulating in the world, right? And it, you just become a conduit of the universe and of what it wants for you and for everyone. Yeah, and hey, I can't complain about that. <laughs> Sounds pretty nice. <laughs> um, all right. Um, actually, the one thing I do want to kind of talk about, uh, you mentioned like uh, divine fem feminine and uh, then like masculinity as well. Um, so like last year, I went on like an ayahuasca retreat and a uh, big part of that for me was really connecting to my masculinity. And this whole last year has been a lot of me like trying to express it. And a lot of it comes out with me becoming a lot more career focused and doing a ton of like career stuff. And like my career actually starting to like rise quite a bit because of it. And I, I do like kind of see that a lot from me connecting with my masculine. Um, I, I wanted to ask you uh, when it comes to like uh, the spiritual lens of how we look at masculinity and femininity, can you kind of like explain that to my audience a little bit? Right. Um... Hmm. It's interesting that you bring up the masculine, the divine masculine, because it's something I've been working with within myself, um, because the feminine is quite easy for me um, to tap into uh, the intuition, the flow, the creation, all of those things are well, when I am aligned, I can connect to the lightness, the light side of the feminine. I also have the ability to tap into the darkness, of course, in both dualities. Mm -hmm. um, so recently I've been realizing uh, what the divine masculine actually brings. Um, 
and sort of realizing the wounding in my divine masculine and seeing and realizing that I've been seeing through a lens of uh, assumption of the divine masculine and realizing where it is I need to tap into my lightness of my 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 divine masculine um so for me it's well it's the equilibrium it's both right it's the um it's what the earth was created from like the light and the dark and it created this friction with which created earth and the equilibrium is the center line so it's the line in between our masculine and feminine side so in the center is our love is their truth it's the it's the cohesion between and so when we I feel, you know, sway too much into our feminine. We're all over here. We're, we're kind of walking around like this. But if we can kind of sway into our masculine, you know, and sort of teeter-totter and sort of walk the line of both of them, then we find harmony and balance. So I think collectively, I think we know this. We've sort of fallen into like the, um, the like, the masculine. I think we've like, we're really forceful. We're really in that place, but I think that we're finding our, our balance with the lightness of both polarities. Um, for me, that is what I'm seeing. I feel like there's like, um, you know, there was a rise of like feminine feminism, which to me is masculine. It's not forgiving. It's not balanced. I actually, yeah, I, I agree with that other statement quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and like, there's been a lot of focus on like, what, you know, bad men are doing. And it's like, it's men that are doing this. And it's like, well, no, it's not because we're all masculine, we're all feminine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the masculinity also resides in me that is also causing destruction. So, you know what I mean? It's finding balance in the lightness of both of those polarities that brings equilibrium. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, <laughs> but that's my perception of what they are. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, when you said that uh, about the masculinity in yourself, you had kind of, uh, how were you saying it? You had like ideas of the masculine that might have been wrong that were probably denying you access into that like energy, right? Um, yes. It's kind of funny that struck with me because that's exactly what happened with me when I was on my ayahuasca retreat. It was showing me like how parts of masculinity I always kind of brushed off just because I thought it was like, oh, it's just so aggressive or it's just so like, you know, I all the things about like toxic masculinity we talk about in society. I just kind of had that whole idea. But it was like the ayahuasca was kind of showing me like, hey, this isn't um like there's just there's a really light side to masculinity that gives you so much strength gives you so much confidence in your own ability and allows you to like move ahead even when people are kind of like uh trying to bring you down kind of thing right. and uh, yeah that that was one kind of way it kind of pushed me forward and like really gave me a better idea of what masculinity is um yes. can you maybe go into like a little bit of the roadblocks you kind of had with uh, masculinity yeah well i think I think the world lives in a place of assumption. And so we have an assumption about masculinity. And then if we have, uh, a, you know, a bad experience with a masculine, we're like, right, it fuels the assumption. It fuels the energy and the illusion of what it is. So then the energy is put there which raises the vibration of that illusion and assumption. And so it creates an imbalance and an anger and a resentment. Um, and I feel like, you know, for me, I, you know, 
I had um, experiences with masculines uh, with my like fathers. I had two fathers that, you know, they were absolutely beautiful and wonderful on one side and the other side, they were dark. And that was my um, first initial downloads of what that is. So I walked around saying all men are like this. All men do this. All men are abusive. All men are um, destructive. All men do this. This is what I know of the masculine because it's what I was taught. And based on the societal assumption, it fueled that illusion for me. And so I lived my life through that lens of they're all guilty Mm. until it broke. And it was like, holy fuck, I've been holding them in a space of guilt that they're guilty and they're not. It's an illusion. It's an assumption. You know, um, and I had to see the wounding within my own masculinity and the wounding in that part of me was sexualizing women was, um, you know, uh, was feeling like they only want one thing. But that was what my masculine was doing. Okay, Yeah, that was in me. So I was feeling that. Right. And it was like, it's not them. It's my wounding. That's and it. so I'm holding them to the, that place. It's not true. And you said oh. like that wounding made you like uh, even judge women as well. Of course. Of course. Because it was I was living in the assumption of mm. what they all are. But that if I assume that, then it is me. <laughs> that is me. That is my mirror. Yeah. And, and like, so, I, I bet those kind of assumptions, like, uh, like that would affect every part of your life, probably, especially relationships as well. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I know this to be true because uh, my assumption was proven through my father's, you know, so, or my experiences, past relationships, whatever. So you are obviously the same. Well, no, <laughs> it's so wrong. It is so wrong. And so now I have to go deeper. I have to go deeper into my masculinity and, and dig up the darkness of what that is and where I've been living, you know, um, and, and also bring in the lightness and, and, and raise the vibration within myself of my masculinity and praise that and love that. The divinity I see within myself is the divinity I will see in you. And so the work is, again, within within my own wounding on both my feminine and masculine. Mm. That's the work we have to do. It's not the projection of like, well, I feel this. So obviously you are that it's completely untrue. (laughs) It just paints the darkness. It's uh, and you're right. And like, I think with society, we have like just so many, um, I guess you can call them like different types of like ways of seeing the world or ideologies or whatever that just kind of make people think, in this kind of lens and so many different areas like and like yeah it can be very unhealthy unfortunately um so you're talking about this inner work then like that you're you're gonna try to tap into these uh like maybe like maybe you're masculine or just feminine or whatever it is and trying to go back and see like the wounds that you have like how what kind of inner work uh do you like uh, do with people when or yourself uh to like kind of like dig up these wounds well, I have to be in the state of being a student forever. Um, and so I'm just constantly learning and I'm constantly questioning myself. 
if I'm not in a vibration of love, I know it's not the answer. And so if I feel anything in my body that isn't love, I know that there's work to do. Mm. Um, so it's like finding where I'm, I'm feeling stuck, you know, and like, uh, or hitting the same wall over and over and over again, or a mental loop that is bringing me to no man's land. You know, where do I have to go? Where do I have to look at myself and really be honest with those pieces of me and love it and forgive myself? Everybody deserves forgiveness. And so I must forgive myself to release myself from that energy. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the work is never done. And that's why we're here. And the second you think, you know, there's more to know. And the more you don't know. So it's forever. But it's being gentle with yourself and tapping into your feminine side that is gentle, that can sit and have a cup of tea with those pieces and say, tell me all your problems. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. And I think that's how we can neutralize um, um, blocks in our life, blocks from, you know, our abundance, blocks from love. Where you're not loving yourself is where you're not receiving love. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's pretty deep. <laughs> I like that. Um, Dan, like, I, I think that's like, has like a very like, uh, kind of like psychotherapy kind of like message to it too. Right. Like, um, just like sitting, like, you know, like you said, sit in your gentle spot where you can like actually sit with the different parts of your mind or whatever that's coming up. And like, you know, sometimes that they say like really destructive shit, but like, sometimes you got to sit there and like, actually see like, why are they coming up? And like, that is like a work in progress. And like, and it's kind of hard for a lot of people because we're so conditioned to um, resist that kind of stuff. Like if something bad comes up in me, um, a lot of times you just want to sit there and resist it. Like, I, I know with me, I've always had anxiety and like, this is something I've been working on for the last few years. And it's like, you need to be able to sit with it and like see why it's there and allow it to be and see where it goes and like have love for it. Like you said, like you have to give it love and just be like, Hey, like, I know you're a part of me. Let's let me love you. So let's say like, I I'm here for you. I'm going to listen to you. And like, that's how you kind of heal it. It's uh, right. it's a uh, very interesting. Um, yeah. It's uh, it, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you know, looking at yourself as like, a child or looking at a child sitting across from you that has done wrong. Are you going to say it's bad and further it into its pain? Or are you going to forgive it? Are you going to look at an innocent child or an innocent puppy, you know, that just like peed on the ground or pissed on your bed? And are you going to take its face and rub it in it? And is that going to teach it? Or is that going to instill fear and resentment? Mm -hmm. So do we take the puppy and look and go, right, it's learning. You know, there's things I can do to teach the puppy to pee outside or, you know, teach my the child how we actually conduct ourselves. Um, you know, and so often we go into a place of shaming that, that piece of ourselves that did wrong or yeah. is learning. And we're not, we're not really holding space for it. Yeah, and so yeah. it'll never be released from that energetic space that it's still existing in. So anxiety is either like 
projecting into the future and your energetic body's going like, oh, and it's like, I'm not here in the moment. And so then we feel this anxiety of not being here because that's our only job or we're propelled into the, um, uh, into our past and their energetic places where we're still stuck in our pain, where we're still shaming ourselves. And so the answer to all realms is love. So if we go back to that place and we love it, and we say, I forgive you. I understand. I understand why you're thrashing around. I understand why you feel like you did wrong. You're forgiven. It's okay. I understand now. I'm with you. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Or you can go into the future and say, I love my future. Bless my future. Not, oh, fuck. Like, what if I don't do this? And then I'm going to end up here. And then fuck it. I end up in my mom's basement. You know, like, whatever. Wherever your loop takes you. Yeah, yeah. Or we could go and, you know, pray for our future and what it will bring us, but then come back to here and now. That is our only job. And if, you know, you're feeling this anxiety of the past or the future, you just say to yourself, I am here to be here. I am here to be here, to have my coffee, to talk to Nor, to be here. That's it. That's my only job. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's really well said. I, I, I like, I'm wondering, like, uh, just because, like, the way you were describing that, it reminds me a lot of, like, uh, just when I've tried ayahuasca and, like, when you're dealing with, like, memories of the past, sometimes ayahuasca will take you back to a memory and, like, it's something that might always bring up a response within you, but it allows you to just be there completely in a non-judgmental, loving way and just observe a memory and, like, um, without any of those uh, reactions that you usually have and that like that's how this like deep healing can really like take place in like almost a subconscious level like um have you ever like tried like psychedelics or done any kind of healing with this stuff oh you just gave (laughs) oh have i (laughs) (laughs) well ayahuasca has definitely been calling out to me for a couple years now i'm just uh waiting for it to be uh, energetically aligned with the right shaman, the right healer. So I, it is definitely my future, but I have dabbled um, a lot with mushrooms, uh, which I have found profound healing um, and connection with guides and connection with what is just beyond the veil. Um, yeah, a lot. Um, during like the first lockdown, actually, <laughs> I um, had separated from my uh, husband and I was in our house and I had to deal and I was like, well, I'm here alone and I got to do this. Like it's sitting there. I'm a wreck and I need to figure this out. And so I would just take some mushrooms and meditate and sit with it. And sometimes it would take me to this place of like, it is all planned. It is all okay. And then sometimes it would take me to the place of like, I feel pain everywhere. And I had to go and like lay in my bed and put the sheets over my head and cry and just feel the pain that I was feeling and know and trust and believe that there was another side. There's a duality to my pain. Mm -hmm. And it was so synchronistic too, because when I was feeling all this pain, I took this one little uh, piece of mushroom that looked like a retina. And so I thought like my ego mind was like, oh yeah, my third eye is going to be open. Like I'm going to do some crazy shit, astral travel, whatever. And it didn't, it took me right into the dark. Um, the beautiful dark, right? The deep ocean uh, that I had to swim and find my buoyancy and find my, my flow again. And um, 
it was interesting. I felt all this pain and the sheets were over my head. And then it was like, I felt it starting to lift from me. And it was like, right, it's always okay. I'm always loved. I'm, I'm here for a reason. And it just started, started to lift and lift and lift. And then I took the sheets off my head and the sun in the clouds parted and the sun came into my room. And I was like, I I think I'm done now. (laughs) And I was like, I guess I'll go finish the dishes. (laughs) You know, it was like, carry on, take the, take what you learned from it and what it wants to give you and then carry on Mm -hmm. and then go do the dishes and go live your life with your new ideas. (laughs) Yep. And uh, yeah. And like, I think after like something like that, especially if you're like, you said you were like crying a lot or like um, really deep into that pain, like, uh, I don't know, like in my, when my experience with psychedelics, it's like a purge, like you're just like getting yeah. shit out of your body and like uh, you feel so much lighter afterwards. It's just so nice. Yes. Have you ever tried DMT? That, no, no, yeah. uh, definitely. Uh, I've been offered a couple of times, so I think I will. Like I, the thing is with like ayahuasca, it's so damn like uh, I find it so powerful. Like when I do it, I just don't want to touch anything for like a yeah. while. Yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> integrate integrate and that's important too when we're playing with psychedelics that we're not just like you know like having these profound experiences then you want more and you get addicted to doing that it's like you need time to integrate mm-hmm. and you need time to like really under like bring those experiences just to your regular life like um right. <laughs> yeah because like honestly like uh you uh, like uh one thing with like ayahuasca that's been like a big thing for me it's like it's always instilled gratefulness in me and it's like really showed me like uh yeah it really showed me gratefulness is like how powerful it is and like how like that's just like a something that you should have in you all the time and something that I was really bad with like six seven years ago when I first started doing this um but like uh when it first like really like gave me that whole emotion of gratefulness and just filled my body with it and then like afterwards i had to do that integration and then every year when i go back to doing like ayahuasca again it like fills me back up and like now i can like actually keep gratefulness with me like a lot of the time because like now i can like really like if i'm not feeling it i'm like okay i can go into a meditation and uh really be like okay what am i grateful for and like get that whole emotion like flowing through my whole body and like the crazy thing is like um like i know like you're very intuitive and you say like oh like this will attract so much good stuff in you and you're like you'll be more connected kind of stuff and like i don't know how intuitive i am but like honestly like when that happens and i feel that and i'm walking around with that kind of gratefulness and energy like i i do feel like i attract way better stuff in my life oh yeah yeah it's uh yeah so like yeah that integration is like the huge part of it and the worst thing you can do with uh psychedelics in my opinion is just do them too much that you only know how to get to that place with by taking the substance right and it's so important that we do it ceremoniously and we respect it the biggest thing for me that i've learned i mean i used to smoke weed all the time and it was to escape and then it started to um disrespect me because i was disrespecting it you know, and with marijuana, like I, I got so addicted to the flying part of it. Um, and I felt so mundane in my life and I didn't want to deal with things. Um, so I kind of used it to suppress myself. Um, and now when I use cannabis, it's like when it's given to me and it's in meditation, 
it is for a purpose it is with intention Mm -hmm. goes with anything right you go into ayahuasca and you think that your ego is going to do all these different things she will spank you she'll be like yeah right <laughs> oh you think you're doing that i don't think so you're yeah, going to do yeah. the deep work now right like yeah. you respect the plant it will respect you you're right and like it is like having a deep respect and like um trust with it too like uh when i yeah. It took me like maybe three or four ceremonies before I like uh, developed that trust with it. That um, that yeah, once once bad stuff started popping up, I can just sit back and be like, okay, hey, I know what this like. I I, I just trust it, and like I'm gonna let it do its work. And like yes. <laughs> the, the ceremonies got like a lot more um, sometimes intense, but like it, it got a lot more fulfilling a fulfillment yeah. out of it. Like I got a lot more out of it at the end of the day, just because I had that trust for the, for the medicine. It's, uh, it's, right. it's <laughs> do you notice that when you do the deep healing too, that we somehow heal like our parents and our family, like that's connected. Uh, you know what I, I like when you're on like ayahuasca a hundred percent, um, uh, ayahuasca for me I've always felt is a like the majority or the one of the biggest themes about it is relationships so like a lot of times when I'm on it they'll like show me people in my life and they'll tell me like it'll show me like um maybe sometimes if we have any resentments or jealousies or anything like that yeah. in between us yeah. I'll show it and try to heal it but it'll also like just show you like what this person means to you and like how you should be more grateful for this person in your life right. like it really, um, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I do feel like when you're like, when you're focused on somebody else on like the medicine, it does mm. feel like you're helping them heal and shit. Yes. It really does. Like I, I, um, it's hard. Like, yeah, like that kind yeah. of stuff is like really hard. Cause when you come out of the medicine, you're like, what the hell was that? But like, yeah. when you're, when I'm on it, like, I definitely feel like that for sure. Because we're responsible for each other and how we hold each other energetically. Mm. I had this experience with mushrooms. They're from Nepal. And uh, I don't know if there's like something going on with mushrooms from Nepal, but wow. <laughs> um, and I, I was getting all these downloads, like rapid downloads. And one of the downloads was um, that we can send ourselves messages from other realms. Like our future selves can literally send ourselves messages to lead us. And so it was like, it was all coming through rapidly. And I was thinking about dementia and how they, it, they refer to it as like demented, right? And I was like, well, it's not demented, it's dimension. Like the consciousness is just leaving the computer and it's just going to the next place. And then the computer is just regurgitating everything it knows, the memories and, you know, all these different things. Hmm. And then when the consciousness comes back to the body, they're back online and they're like, how long was I gone? Oh, I'm back. And then they leave again. And I was like, okay, like everything's connected and it's all dimensional. And, and then I was like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> so I went to bed and about 15 minutes later, I hear this loud crash sound. All the lights are off. Everybody's in bed. And I'm like, uh, what the fuck was that? So I get up, turn on the light. I look in my kitchen and on the wall, I had a picture of my mother and my brother and it flew off the wall and smashed into a million pieces. I was completely calm because I knew that it was my multidimensional self sending me a message. I picked up the picture and I said, right, 
I have not been holding these people in a place of love. I've been holding them in a place of worry. That is not love. So energetically, I am responsible to hold them in love because worry only fuels that energy around them and only creates more of that energy for them, which again, reaffirms the assumption that I have, that I have to worry. Worrying is praying for my fears. And so when I realized that I had to cut the cord with the worry of what might happen and I had to replace it with love and trust, all of a sudden, I shit you not, both of their lives changed. And I was like, I'm fucking responsible for everyone around me and how I hold them. If someone is sick and you're like, oh, you know, they're just so sick. And you just talk about how sick they are and they're so sick. They become sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker because you're feeding into that energy. But if I actually raise my vibration to it and, and I think of their healing and they are getting better, I can help them heal with my energy. And it collectively, if we all do that, then all of a sudden we can heal each other. We're raising the vibration and we're releasing the assumption of what could happen. Yeah. The assumption is an illusion. So we release the illusion and we replace it with love, which is the only truth. All of a sudden shit changes instantly hell yeah no I so love going into your family right and into the ayahuasca you you see them in that light not in the assumption of where you've been holding them you see them in the light and you're like that is the truth mm-hmm. that is where i hold them and all of a sudden your body heals the story heals and then your relationship heals somehow you become closer yeah 100%. it's us yeah <laughs> And like, honestly, like, uh, yeah. And like, uh, when I, I remember like after the, like those ceremonies, like my relationships with all the people that I was seeing were definitely like so much more healthier and better. And yeah, no, that, that was very well said. I love that. <laughs> um, all right. I wanted to ask you a one question before, cause like we're getting close to the end here, but, um, I, I saw on one of your posts, uh, it said, um, kind of like when at the beginning of this transformation you were making, you went on a psychotherapy retreat. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to know, like, what is a psychotherapy retreat? Because, like, this is pretty damn cool. Like, uh, I just want to kind of know, like, uh, what it is and, like, what it kind of did for you. Right. Um, so I did a psychotherapy retreat in Ashton, Oregon with Robert Augustus Masters, who's basically like the grandfather of shadow work. Um, I highly recommend reading his books. There's a book called Bringing Your Shadow Out of the Dark. Very influential in my life. Um, And I had seen um, that, yeah, he had psychotherapy retreats. And I knew, like, I had unearthed a memory um, that I had been suppressing that I realized was affecting my life. Um, And I needed to go deeper. And I felt hopeless. (laughs) I didn't know how to go deeper to understand. Um, And so I went on this adventure and I drove to Ashland, Oregon from Kelowna and had like 14 hours by myself to just like sit and contemplate and meditate and um, open myself up to what to the work that needed to be done. And so he basically he has this ability to hold space for women that have been through very traumatic experiences and make them feel safe. Um, And so 
we basically sat in this circle. There's all these women who had been through similar experiences. And even in that experience of realizing that my story was unique to me, but wasn't unique, uh, brought healing. And it brought this sort of community and this sort of shared trauma, but also in the shared trauma, there was shared healing. And so we just, he would just, he's very intuitive. So he has this sort of ability to tap into both sides and hold space and ground in his masculinity, but also fly with you and help you reach um, place of understanding and releasing. Mm-hmm. And so he would sort of go around the circle and each woman would sort of just say like, I'm here because I was raped by my dad. And you're like, Holy fuck. <laughs> or like, I'm here because I, I can't have, solid relationships with men and I'm struggling and I want to release myself. And so we all just kind of shared our shit together and he helped us unearth it. Um, And so basically it's about like, let's talk about it. Let's unearth it and let's move it out of the body. So he sort of uses these different modalities as well, where like the whole group could come in and put their hands on you and heal and help you heal. Um, And, or, you know, he would, he would, uh, he did this exercise with me where it was like, I want you to scream and I want you to fight me. And so it was like in that screaming and fighting it was releasing it. And so it's like five days of like, you're going deep and you are, you are unearthing, you are unearthing. And the way I felt there and coming back, the strength that I felt in realizing that that everything in my life was for me, the pain that I felt and the experiences that I went through was literally my gift so that I could understand why I'm here on this earth so that I could empathize deeply with another who has been through pain. And so that I could also understand the beauty of healing through that pain and the, the depths of knowing how strong we are and powerful we are. Um, and so the psychotherapy, I mean, he does like group therapy, he does men's work. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, men's work. I highly recommend go see Robert Augustus Masters <laughs> and do the work with him because it will just, and it, there, it's, it feels psychedelic, but it's not, there's no psychedelics. It's just honesty and truth. Um, so yeah, that kind of just led me to that place of healing. That's, uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, I always love those kind of like, uh, retreats of like really just going out there and like jumping into yourself and like doing that work. I know like, uh, how uh, intense it can be for people. So I love that. I'm going to check this guy out. Uh, Robert Augustus masters. All right. Yeah. Uh, That's amazing. All right. I have one more question for you. It's the question of the podcast. So Grace Ohm, God, yay or nay. God, yay. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting that. <laughs> God, God, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, Grace, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, this was a lot for of fun. Me. Um, please let my audience know where they can get a hold of you. Um, anything or where they can follow you or anything you want to promote, please let them know. Thank you. Um, well, it's Conscious Queendom. 
and uh, my partner is uh, works with the masculine. I work with the feminine. He works with the masculine, and then we work together. Um, so I mean, I promote us both because our work is together. Um, again, creating that balance. So I am conscious queendom, uh, conscious dot queendom, and Alexander is Alexander dot ohm with two X's in the Alexander, um, and he works um, with. Uh, a business in working in your intuitive business um, and combining those two things. Um, and I work with the women and then he also does the men work, men's work as well. So yeah. us together is our business and what we are wanting to cultivate in the world, which is balance in both masculine and feminine. Awesome. And another thing, and, and remembering that you, you are a king. Yeah, <laughs> I am a queen. The more I honor the queen within myself, the more I can honor the queen within another. The more I honor the king within myself, the more I can honor the king within you. So it's bringing that I together. love that. And uh, yeah, and uh, no, I've, I've reached out with Alexander as well. So I'm going to definitely get him on the podcast in the future. Yes, too. <laughs> absolutely. Deeper into the masculine. So that'll be yes. awesome. Oh yeah, you'll love that. That'll <laughs> be great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, Grace. This Thank was you. God bless. Take care. All right, that was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.